Welcome back, everybody, to the Lakers Silver Screen and Roll Podcast. I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. All right, man. Well, game one is in the books, and it didn't go the Lakers' way. Alex, what's going on today? How are you? Late on a Tuesday night, the day of opening night, man. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm good, man. Like that, that was a rough, rough game and everything, but it's just good to have basketball back. It is good to have basketball back, and today was a really good game, despite the outcome of the Lakers losing opening night to the Clippers. They lose one twelve, one o two. Um, obviously we're going to get and talk about the entire game. There's plenty to talk about. I'm going to preface my thoughts by saying I never overreact to opening night last year. I overreacted when I believe Lakers started. Oh, and three, Oh, and four, something like that. Then I was freaking out, but then they turned it around and they started playing well and turned it and went to like six and four, seven and four. So I will preface my thoughts on that. Are you an overreactor yourself? No, I I think I'm pretty uh, pretty I'm pretty composed most of the time and try to not take too much away from one single game, especially the first game of the season where th- there's just a ton of different variables at play. And uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not taking too much from this game, but I think there are some things that I I think we should be kind of uh, tracking as the season goes on. Well, just to, as an overall picture of what happened for me, in my opinion. Is a lot of the things that I was worried about. Who's going to be the third scorer? Okay, Danny Green stepped up today, but are you going to count on him <laughs> shooting lights out when he's scoring 30 points in the game? And then the depth. It's like, okay, so you have a lot of players, but how many of them are actually good at playing basketball? <laughs> and those were my biggest concerns. The point guard is still a concern, especially because Rajon Rondo did not play tonight and Alex Caruso did not play tonight. So kind of... Uh, those were my biggest concerns going into the season. And after tonight, they're still concerns of mine. No, it was basically what we've been kind of talking about all summer in, in these last few episodes uh, that we recorded together, that there, there's some real question marks about this team's roster after, after, you know, LeBron and Anthony Davis, and you kind of hit your hit it on the head with who, who's going to be that third guy and not so much who's going to be the third leading scorer, but who's going to be that, third guy who can create for others and tonight we didn't really get that at all from anyone like Danny Green had I mean an explosive night like 30 points that's insane and he was just hot from three and everything but again he wasn't really creating for those shots for himself like they're they were off a assist from LeBron or off a screen or something so he was he basically just filled up that role of the, the points but in terms of creating for others that was basically absent all night and I think that was really evident in those non-LeBron, non-AD minutes we saw early on. Okay, so let me just ask you, um, what was your biggest issue with what the Lakers did tonight? I think there was a couple, in my opinion, but what was your biggest issue with um, with how they played tonight? I thought their offense was, was pretty bad tonight. Uh, and, yeah, um, for sure. Like, if you look at just, like, the percentages, I think that that's why these percentages can often be misleading. Like, they shot, like, 43.5% from the field, which is not good. It's okay. They shot 39% from three, which is great. Like, we would take that every night. And they got to the line a lot. Like, so that that definitely is a good thing. But the offensive, just watching the film and watching the game live, it was very stagnant. It was a lot of lot of post play and iso play with very little kind of movement on the perimeter or off-screen actions or anything like that. So I thought the offense was really, really stagnant. 
and it kind of looked a lot like last season's offense where LeBron would drive to the paint and there would just be like three bodies waiting for him there and a lot of guys would just be standing around on the perimeter watching him dribble for like 10 seconds and then be kind of screwed once they catch the ball and are forced to dribble and I think that's an issue with this roster a lot of guys aren't good at dribbling or doing basketball things outside of catching and shooting which is something we mentioned earlier also so I thought the offense um led to some bad late shot clock possessions and that let the Clippers get out and run a lot and um they outscored the Lakers in fast break points 22 to 5 and I think a lot of those were basically on the Lakers kind of errors like just bad entry pa- like really bad entry passes like simple things like that that was so frustrating it, it was and I I hope we can chalk it up as just game one and maybe like with a little more reps and stuff they'll, they'll get it down but again they're professionals entry passes should be kind of elementary and they weren't tonight my biggest issue today with the Lakers was their I understand that the offense is going to go through LeBron James and Anthony Davis. What I don't understand, it kind of goes with the turnovers that we just that you just mentioned, is f- like just consistently forcing it into mm-hmm. Anthony Davis mm-hmm. over and over and over. By the time the fourth quarter comes around, the guy's exhausted. He scores zero points in the fourth quarter. So it's something they're going to have to figure out. The rhythms, the bench, the, the substitutions, everything is going to be figured out as we go along. Let's not forget, the Clippers were a playoff team that added one of the best players in the world. The Lakers were a 36-win team that totally revamped the lineup. It's going to take them time as opposed to where the Clippers have the same head coach, they have the majority of the roster back, and they added, like I said, they added Kawhi Leonard. So like it's, t- it's difficult on opening night to compare both of them. The Clippers played very well. Their bench scored 60 freaking points mm-hmm. compared to the Lakers at, what was it, 9? It was uh, 16 19, and sorry. 19, so that's 19. a plus, plus 41. <laughs> yeah, that's not really a good thing. So my biggest issue, though, was force-feeding everything through Anthony Davis, leading him to get exhausted because they were force-feeding him. He had to scramble a lot. He had to fight inside a lot. And it, it started off great. Mm-hmm. I wrote notes down the entire game. My first note was Anthony Davis is good at basketball. <laughs> and – and he is good at basketball, but when you cannot f- continue to feed it, like to force him, it has to. There has to be a way for this offense to flow properly, especially when you have LeBron James, especially when you have someone as as efficient as Danny Green. The rest of the lineup, there's questions there, obviously, but that was my biggest concern, and it's still going to be my biggest concern because I don't think that's going to change overnight. I still think the offense is going to run through Anthony Davis and LeBron James. It just has to kind of come more naturally because today it did not look good at all. I know they scored 102 points, but it didn't look good. It was not a good 102 points. No, no I agree. And I, I think um, it, they, they very much look like a team who had a game plan like set before the game was we're going to go through AD in the post and kind of take advantage of the clip, the Clippers' kind of lack of front court size. And it just never felt they kind of went away from that game plan when it stopped working like it worked in the first quarter but i thought the clippers did a really good job kind of sending extra help and just kind of giving them different looks with a ton of different guys and the lakers and frank bogle never really kind of countered that and they kind of just kept sticking to the same game plan and it just resulted in a lot of bad entry passes to ad where you saw that the pass was was going to be a tough one to get through like kind of threading the needle but it felt like that was the the set that was called and they wanted to run it no matter what instead of kind of countering it and running like an audible or something. And I think a lot of the time LeBron himself kind of forced the issue and kind of 
made some really sloppy plays and sloppy passes, like driving through the paint and stuff. So I'm not sure how much of it is like a game one, like either jitters or just not still trying to get that chemistry down or what, but it just seemed like the Clippers were really cohesive and kind of like flowed seamlessly like from the tip. And uh, I think that's why they won. Like I'm surprised it was only a 10 point game based on how like bad I thought the Lakers played. Yeah. I want to, I want to emphasize that same point. I think the Lakers played terribly tonight. I think they played bad defensively. There was a ton of open shots that the Clippers missed. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it was guys that they kind of wanted to leave, maybe leave open, but they were wide open today, and the Clippers just didn't connect. Um, and offensively, it was bad. We've said that already. I, it, this is a fact at this point. When LeBron James wants to score 40 points, he could score 40 points. Tonight, he has these games throughout the season. I just feel like it's so frustrating when he decides, I'm going to get everybody else involved. And I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do other things. When when they needed him in the fourth quarter to take over the game, he was force feeding the ball continuously to other people. And I just don't understand why LeBron does this sometimes. It'll happen maybe like five six times a season where mm-hmm. he decides like I don't I don't I want other guys to do it. And for whatever reason, he did it tonight. And it's just so frustrating. If LeBron wants to score 30 points, he can. It, it's simple because you see him when he drives in. He just has this way of maneuvering and snaking his way in through the through the through the lanes and making shots. Today was just one of those days. Was was frustrating. You could tell Anthony Davis's legs weren't totally there yet in the fourth quarter, and yet they were still trying to feed him. And it was um, it was frustrating to say the least. Very frustrating. Yeah, and it kind of felt like LeBron uh, in that early stretches of last season, where he was kind of focusing on just being like a distributor and try to get the young guys going, and then like when they were down by 12 in the fourth quarter try to like hit into an extra gear and then it not really working and then it kind of felt like that again tonight where he spent most of the game tried mostly kind of feeling it out and just kind of again getting the ball to ad and stuff like that instead of kind of forcing the issue like for his own offense and i thought that kind of hurt them down the uh, in that fourth quarter because he did try to change gears and did try to take it to the paint there like the last few minutes of the game but again he just he couldn't finish around the rim that great. Like, he didn't have the same kind of lift that I thought we saw in the preseason. Like I thought preseason LeBron looked uh, a lot better than like first game LeBron here. And again, like that's facing a Warriors team who's not fully healthy and stuff like that. And this is a really good physical Clippers team. Like I think that was the biggest thing, like the biggest difference in between the two teams tonight. The Clippers just looked way more physical out there. I think the Clippers also looked like they just wanted it more. Yeah, And maybe that's just because they have Patrick Beverly and that guy's insane. He's a psycho and it always seems like he just wants to murder everybody. But they just they just continue to beat the Lakers on loose balls. And the fourth quarter, I don't remember who was shooting free throws for the Clippers. I think it was Kawhi or Harrell maybe. But how does Patrick Beverly outbox uh, LeBron James? It's like one of those, those, those small things that just kill you mm-hmm. watching regular season basketball because it's just it should never happen. It should never happen, and it and it happened in a clutch moment when the when the when the Clippers were kind of making a run. The game was only by three, and then by the time this whole sequence happened, when LeBron missed a layup, then they keep force feeding the ball. Now they're down by seven, and then he gets out box. Now they're down by nine, and just like that, it's almost out of reach immediately. So it, it it's gonna take a lot more for the Lakers to win a championship than to just get the offense right. They're going to have to fight these games out against teams like the Clippers that have these gritty, like, just maulers in their lineup where every single guy that comes out just wants it more than you. 
So Lakers are going to have to figure out a way to basically overcome that because their roster doesn't have those kinds of guys. They definitely don't seem like they're those kinds of guys. Um, they're going to have to figure out a way to beat teams like the Clippers. Listen, man, let's not forget the Clippers are going to be, you know, top four, top three, maybe number one seed in the in the in the West. This isn't a crappy team that they played. So they're going to have to figure out ways to beat teams like this because they're going to there's going to be you're going to get everybody best everybody's best shot. It's just what happens when you when you're the Lakers. I I think tonight was a good example and a good kind of maybe like a slap in the face that you can't out talent like the Clippers. Like you could probably out talent like more than half the league this season. I think the Lakers are going to get a ton of wins just because of AD and LeBron just being way more talented than like 80, 90% of the league. But then when you face a team like the Clippers, I don't think you can rely on just being, uh, you can, you can just out talent them. Like they're talented. Like, especially if you add Paul George to this, for me like that's just a crazy thought that they still have Paul George just like waiting on the bench to be inserted here and I think the Lakers have to like do what you said and have to do the little things they have to actually want to win this game like rebound box out die for loose balls take charges like Patrick Beverly had 10 rebounds tonight and he was one for seven I think he was one for seven from the field but was a plus 13 in the box score night I think he was just kind of the engine for the Clippers tonight and set the tone right away about that we're going to win and we're not going to let you kind of like bully us here. And who would you say, who should be that guy for the Lakers? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even think they, I don't think they have one. It's going to be, it's going to be an issue that they're going to have to deal with all season. I mean, they yeah. have guys, I mean, they, they went and they built a roster of guys that can shoot threes. The guys that compliment LeBron James and Anthony Davis's game. Did they get that necessarily like gritty fighters? No. Sometimes, though, you're going to have to have some of those guys. You know, let's not forget when the Lakers were winning, um, Ron Artest was on those teams. Dennis Rodman was on those teams. You know, Robert Ory was on those teams. It's like those the guys that you don't really look at a box score that win you games sometimes. No, you're right. And I think maybe – I think well, I think Danny Green and guys like Danny Green and Jared Dudley do fit that mold. And I thought those two guys – I mean, Danny Green was just amazing tonight. Like if, if we don't want to talk about fully all the negatives, I thought Danny Green was uh, the best part of tonight for the Lakers. I thought he was just unbelievable, especially in that third quarter. And I thought he fought really well off screens in that first quarter against Kawhi. And then Kawhi just basically destroyed KCP for like 12 minutes straight before Frank Vogel took him out. Now let me ask you, what do you, how did you feel Frank Vogel coached tonight's game? How would... I texted you. I think I texted you in the second quarter because I was just losing my mind because he subbed out LeBron James in the first quarter, and then or he and then he didn't play LeBron and AD for basically an entire quarter together. Like he was subbing them out one at a time, and then finally, with three minutes left in the second in the second quarter, they played together. So that should never happen. <laughs> that's way too long of a break. And coincidentally, though egg on my face is when that's when Danny Green blew up and the Lakers actually outscored the Clippers that quarter by 11. But I, I don't understand. I think it's going to take him some time to figure out his rotation. And I think him missing Kyle Kuzma and missing Rondo also messed with his rotation. Um, I, I Frank Vogel is not on the level of Doc Rivers. I'm not really going to like go and make his, this podium statement after one game. I just think he has a lot to work on going forward. I'll say that for sure. Definitely. And I think that 
with the rotations, I think that's something he definitely has to kind of nail going forward. And I think Kuzma being out today, that it, it was just really highlighted tonight, his absence. I thought they like in those minutes without LeBron and AD, I know there wasn't a, a huge stretch with those guys, not at least one of them being out there. If you were just to have Kuzma in there at all, I thought he would have at least been able to create something on the offensive end. And I think even defensively, he gives the Lakers another option on the wing. Like, he's not a great defender by any stretch, but he's at least big. He can move his feet, and he is a guy who's kind of bigger than Danny Green, bigger than KCP. It's just someone else you could throw on a Kawhi for a few minutes to see how he does. And I thought they really missed him tonight. I thought they missed him on the glass. I thought they missed him on in terms of creating and just spacing the floor. And I think that's someone who is going to be a huge part of this team. And I think when he comes back, and I think uh, Frank Vogel is going to have to kind of nail his his deployment of Kuzma and kind of how he fits into this rotation. Yeah, that's the Lakers are also going to struggle when they have these athletic, like six foot six, six foot eight guys, these swingmen. Uh-huh. Who's guarding those guys? Who's got KCP can't guard Kawhi Leonard. KCP can't guard Paul George. This is no. just impossible matchups for the Lakers. The Lakers, for their to their credit, do also possess some terrible matchups for other teams as well. Like who the hell is going to guard LeBron and AD? It's just it's a like it's an impossible thing for other teams as well. But they're going to have to find a way to to not only have those offensive matchups in their favor, but they're going to have to find a way to guard guys like Kawhi. And I know Kawhi is almost impossible to guard for anybody. But they're gonna have. There has to be a better solution than Contavious Caldwell Pope. <laughs> well, unfortunately, not not on the roster currently. Unless LeBron, I, mean, I, I think LeBron, of all the people on the roster, I think LeBron engaged LeBron, like want to play defense. LeBron is their best option on Kawhi. Like he's LeBron, even at this age, is still huge. He's like a tank. Like he's still hard to budge in the post. Where a guy like KCP. Kawhi just bullied down there. Oh man! He, and and by the way, LeBron grew an inch because of the new NBA <laughs> measurements. So now he's six foot nine, mm-hmm. not six foot eight. But you're right. I mean, I wrote it down, and it it was just it was just it's obvious. Kyle, when we talked about death lineup in the off season, and what's the best death lineup? Whatever they played today wasn't it because it was just <laughs> terrible. And that's because Kyle Kuzma was injured, um, and you end up having to play Contavious Caldwell Pope and. That's not a good thing. Uh, the good, the good thing today about KCP is he only shot three shots. He missed all of them. But normally KCP, does, he's never seen a jump shot he doesn't like. So that's good news. I'm trying to find positives. He only <laughs> shot three. But yeah, he was he was bad uh, defensively. He's not he's not great offensively. Is it's sporadic at best. And you don't even want him to score double digits really because if he's scoring double digits, you're probably getting blown out. Um, yeah, it was rough today. It was rough today. I think I'm like it's hitting me now how rough it was. I'm looking at the box score and I mean the Clippers, man, they just they just absolutely the bench was just so incredible for them because you look at the, you look at their starters and Kawhi was the only one in double digits. I know Lou Williams is I know he's a six man, he's really not. He he plays starter minutes, but man, 60 points off the bench, that's going to be tough to beat. It really is. Like that's too much of a hole for for any team to, to, you know, overcome. And I thought even a guy like Lou Williams, like you mentioned, I, I thought the Lakers really had no really option to guard him either. Like they had no, no body, no, no one on the roster really who can, they can put on him and try to slow him down. I thought he basically got whatever he want, wanted tonight. His floaters were just on point. He kind of destroyed their, 
their uh, their defense when they kind of went to drop coverage, and he was just great. He had seven assists and twenty one points off the bench. That's just a ton of offense that the the Lakers don't have. Like they don't have that. I mean, I guess Kuzma in theory can give you that, but not not to the extent or the efficiency of Lou Williams. And I thought the Clippers, like you said, they just beat him up literally everywhere. I thought going in, we kind of thought the Lakers being so big, like with Dwight and McGee and Davis, that they were going to kind of oppose their will against them like they did against Golden State and other teams. But again, I thought the Clippers were way more physical. I thought they, even though the rebounds were, I think, the same, 40. Oh, no, Clippers uh, out-rebound the Lakers tonight by four. I thought it felt like way more than that even. I thought the Clippers just kind of set the tone and, and set the physicality was, tonight. Probably because the first half, the Lakers had zero offensive rebounds. Yeah, zero, and only 15 zero. rebounds total. Like, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at the box score again. LeBron James today with a plus-minus of minus eight. That's big. That's like, very big. And I don't know how Jerry Dudley did it. He only played 13 <laughs> minutes, but he was a minus 20. And he, he actually made both his shots today. But, uh, no, LeBron James being minus eight is never a good thing for the Lakers, ever. Mm-hmm. That needs to be a plus every night. What did you think of Caruso not playing tonight? I tweeted a meme of the Wolverine like missing Alex Caruso. Because uh-huh. where the hell was he? I don't know. I saw the, the injury report. He was questionable. I didn't even uh, know he was injured. And and Quinn Cook did not look good. He missed a bunch. He missed a, some open shots. Uh, defensively, he's a nightmare. Um, and I know I'm overreacting. It's game one, but I said, let me overreact. Um, yeah. Where was Caruso? He was clear to play. He, I don't, I don't think he was questionable. I thought he was probable. Actually, he was cleared to play from all, from all reports and everything. He was, he got the, the go ahead. So it was a coach's decision not to play him tonight, so, which is surprising. Especially on a night where, where Rondo's out. And a guy like Lou Williams is popping off. Like, yeah, it's like. I, I don't understand that whatsoever. That there had to be something else there. That yeah, he might have been cleared, but that there's something there, right? I'm I'm assuming that he they felt he maybe he wasn't ready, even though he was cleared, and maybe something in practice they saw they didn't like, and maybe he wasn't moving that great, and they don't want to risk it. Which may, that's probably giving the case. I'm I'm kind of refreshing Twitter to see if Vogel, uh, if anyone asked Vogel why Crusoe didn't play, and uh, doesn't sound like anyone's asked him that yet. Okay, yeah, I'm, I was I was doing the exact same thing to see what happened, but um, I just did a quick Twitter search on Caruso during the game, and everybody's like, "Where is Caruso? <laughs> like, what's? Why are we paying him millions of dollars if he's not even going to be able to play? He's not even going to suit up. I mean, he suited up, but he's not even gonna be on the court. Um, especially when Quinn Cook played one preseason game, I think, and Caruso played in all, most of them, all of them. So, it, it that was very surprising to me, especially when you actually play. 10 guys the rotation was obviously going deep today so weird very weird so what about okay so i think for the for overall i thought we both think that is basically a mostly negative game for the lakers right i would say overall yes okay and they still only lost by 10 points right so i i think at least again like that's probably way misleading if because i don't think denny green's gonna go for 30 every night but again, I don't think LeBron's going to go for 18 and five turnovers a night every night too. So I mm-hmm. think there are reasons to be at least not op- maybe not optimistic, but not take this one too seriously in the grand scheme of things. But I thought um, I'm just kind of having a little trouble coming up with positives. I-, I don't know about you. 
Uh, my biggest positive today was that Laker fans took over Staples Center and booed Kawhi Leonard <laughs> uh, mercilessly in the beginning when he was trying to do a speech. He got booed just loudly when they did a, his intro. Um, it probably fired him up, maybe. <laughs> so kind of. I maybe, was gonna but, say, like, maybe does booing even? Yeah, does booing even affect Kawhi Leonard? I don't think that that hurts him at all, really. Yeah, it's uh, Kawhi Leonard had an interesting day. He got, he released a Terminator commercial. Mm-hmm. He released a New Balance commercial. It gets booed in his home court and then pops off for what did he just, did he just 30, score thirty? I, points? I think he just thirty, but like super yeah. efficient and just, just kind of so good. Yeah, just so good, and 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 Harlan and Reggie were just fawning over him, rightfully so, because he looks healthy. He looks, you know, I know he had a long season last year, but yeah, it's it's. I'll say this: the NBA should thank Kawhi Leonard because if he would have joined the Lakers, that would be a absolute nightmare for everybody else. Yeah, and I I know we're upset that they lost and everything, but these two games that were on tonight were both both really really good games to start the season and i think that's something we can that's something we could be optimistic about i think there's here's a positive a lot of good basketball here's a positive we are doing a podcast after the lakers first game and the same day that the baby lakers played for the pelicans now mm-hmm. and we're not saying did the lakers make a mistake trading for anthony davis because no. anthony davis is good man he's really good and i think today he was forcing it a lot because the lakers were making him force it a lot and i also think he wanted to kind of have a grand debut for the lakers I think he'll find his role. That's my positive is I do think that they'll find their role eventually. And it may take a while, but they're going to win games on uh, in the process of finding it. They're just too talented not to. They're not going to start 0-10, and, and they're going to find it as they go if they stay healthy. If they're, if Kuzma comes back, I think they'll be able to get in some sort of rhythm here. You know, November, December, you're, you're looking at a different team. It's going to be different. Hey, I definitely. And like I said earlier, they're just having LeBron and AD. That's, you're going to out-talent most teams on a nightly basis, and this team's going to rack up wins. Um, I think that tonight could be a positive in, in a sense that they saw that not every team, this is not going to be the case for every team. And then if they're in a playoff series or if they play a team like the Clippers, they're going to have to try. They're going to have to try really hard, and they can't just rely on just knowing that they have Anthony Davis and LeBron James to kind of just dominate and will them to to the win they gotta execute their game plan they gotta make changes when need be they gotta play the best players and like a guy like caruso like tonight he could have given you a different look tonight if uh, again he might not have been healthy or something but that's someone if you see lou williams popping off and you throw out quinn cook and troy daniels and kcp like a three guard lineup like that like i don't know what you expected to happen like that's a Man, rough look that was that was a nightmare to finish the the half when when they put troy daniels quinn cook and kcp out there anybody can score on them i actually made the joke to the person i was watching the game with i was like i think i could score on kcp because <laughs> it's it looked bad it looked bad and the clippers were able to have their way with that particular lineup it's not good it's not good at all so there's going to be some tweaks for sure troy daniels didn't have a great game he did score six points but he had some turnovers or just one turnover, but it was a bad one. And that was a rough one. I that thought was a real bad one. That sequence, I tweeted it out. I thought that was, it, besides the offensive rebound by Beverly off the free throw, I thought that was just the, the nail in the coffin for sure. But I thought that sequence when the Lakers, I think, cut it to like two or three, like with six minutes left mm-hmm. or something like that. And then Troy Daniels, I think one of the worst passes I've seen in a long time, just basically gives it to 
to I think Beverly or Lou Williams would try to kind of throw it over their head to LeBron and they easily pick it off. And then um, LeBron misses a layup and then LeBron turns the ball over and then Jermichael Green hits a three and just like that it's back up to five or seven and they call a timeout and the Clippers just kind of just secure that from there. And I, again, these turnovers, I, they only had, they had 14. And again, it feels like they had way more tonight. I don't know if just if we're just upset that they lost, but a lot of these numbers feel like they were way worse than they actually were. No, it did feel that way, and I I don't think it's uh, I don't think we're I don't think we're overemphasizing how bad they they looked offensively. I I really would be curious to see what, like the the reaction we would get to what how we're talking about it for the first twenty five minutes here because I I would love to hear somebody say like no it was good like mm-hmm. I liked what I saw tonight because. As I'm reading through people I follow on Twitter, they were all saying, what is this offense? You know, what is this offense? It's just ISO, 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 and and LeBron driving the lane and trying to dish to somebody that's not even open. Like it, it's, it was just not a good look today for the Lakers. Yeah, they managed to score 102 points. Thank you, Danny Green. Um, but it didn't look good. It did not look good. And, and the Lakers will play by the time we come back. They're going to play three more times. I think we're going to get a much better idea by the time me and you come back on this podcast. Yeah, no, no. And I'm just real quick tweet. I just read that uh, the Lakers ran more post-ups tonight than they did pick and roll at all, like completely. So more post-ups and pick and roll, which is usually that's just kind of rare in, in this era of basketball. That's like 1990s basketball where you post up for like half the game. So that's just something again, that goes back to your point about the offense. As far as what you want to see the next game, they play the jazz on Friday and they play it at Staples center. Again, this will be a home game. Obviously. Um, what do you want to see next time around? What, what can, what do you think is like a fixable thing kind of quickly? I think if they, they like, again, going back to what I just said, I think if they go back to running more pick and roll with LeBron and AD, instead of kind of just ISOing AD or posting him up for a majority of the game. I think because when AD catches that ball off a of pick and roll, you kind of put him in a position where he can be a passer. And I thought that's where McGee was so effective in the preseason was kind of on those short roll passes with, with AD where he found him on those alley-oops a lot because the defense would kind of have to, to help over and, and cover AD off that when he rolled off that LeBron pass. And then AD can also kind of kick it out to the corners or something like that. I just think that they're going to have to kind of get back to, I don't know, being a little more creative on offense. And I definitely think their defense needs to also be better. Um, I thought their transition defense was pretty bad. I thought LeBron was actually fantastic. On, he had some, uh, he had he had some, some amazing moments. He had some amazing moments defensively. He really did. I I was really impressed uh, with his transition defense, for one thing. But, yeah, uh, again, Utah is going to be a really good defensive team. Like, the Clippers are a, an elite defensive team. Utah is an elite defensive team. So we're going to have to see if the Lakers can kind of overcome that, that elite defense and, and show that they can score against the best. Like, Rudy Gobert against Anthony Davis is going to be a really good matchup. I, was, I know we've been focusing a lot here on the offense today because that's kind of what stood out, but... Um, I will say that I hope they 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 the, all off season we keep hear we keep hearing about the defense and how everybody looks so good defensively and how if we want to win we're gonna got to be a better defensive unit. Well, that didn't look very good today. Uh, the defense there was a lot of wide open shots, and like you said, the transition defense was not great. There was obviously very you know twitterable moments. I don't even know if that's the word, but I just made <laughs> it up. 
there was a lot of those moments where LeBron's going to add it to his highlight tape that is an endless highlight tape at this point. But yeah, overall, I need to see, I want to see a much better unit, an, an entire team effort on defense because it goes back to the little things that we were talking about, the hustle, the want it. That's where defense, like that's where the Clippers kind of beat you, man, is on that defensive. They're in your face. They run for everything. They're always around you. That's what I want to see the Lakers. I want to see like a more gritty effort out of the Lakers on Friday and, you know, and Sunday and Tuesday. I I really want to see that defensive unit effort come out for the Lakers. That would be my biggest hope. Whether it's possible overnight like that, I I don't know, but I hope it happens. Again, that's that could be the the silver lining in this loss that this this game kind of opened their eyes to that and that they need to to play like the Clippers. Like last year I kind of tweeted out like they should look at what the Clippers are doing, how they're building their team, how they play on a nightly basis, and need to kind of to model that. They need to kind of have that talent, but also be gritty about it. Like, they have two elite MVP candidates in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and you know when he comes back, they're not going to really change their their attitude. Beverly's going to set the tone. They're all going to kind of follow and, and hustle for the ball. Like, Zubots looked tough out there against the <laughs> Lakers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like... You got the Lakers have to kind of emulate that, and I, that's way, definitely something. By the way, where's Mike Muscala at? <laughs> I think he plays for the Thunder. Uh, will, last time I checked, I will never forgive Magic Johnson. <laughs> never. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, I don't even want to go there. Magic Johnson's tweeting again, by the way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so the Lakers take on the Jazz on Friday night. Uh, then they'll take on the Hornets and and the Grizzlies. Um, three home games, by the way, to start the season after this mm-hmm. technical, technically road game today. So by the time we come back, let's just do a quick prediction. I want to do this every week. Okay. I want to. I and you can play along if you want. What do you think after the next three games? They're zero and one right now. What will their record be when we come back on next Wednesday? I think they're going to be three and one. I think they're going to win the next three. I think that Utah game is going to be tough. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they lose, even if it's a home game. I think Utah's another really good and really deep team. And like kind of teams with good benches kind of scare me now after seeing tonight's game. I, I, I hope that that's not going to be a, an ongoing issue all season where we see these huge disparities like a 60 to 19 on a nightly basis. But um, I think they're going to be kind of motivated and want to win that game against Utah. And I think Charlotte is just is just really crappy. I think they're just really bad. So I hope they can beat them, and I think they'll beat Memphis. Like I like some of the Memphis's young players, but again, I think the Lakers are gonna try to prove something these next three games. What about you? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they come back two and two. I'm actually okay. gonna say they're gonna be two and two, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if they come back three and one. Is what I meant to say. Uh, but I will say they come back two and two just because I like I am just a pessimistic person, and that's just the way I am. But um, I do want to emphasize a point before we get out of here. Yes, I know that the Lakers are a top three favorite to win the NBA Finals, according to Las Vegas. But the Clippers are the top favorite to win, I believe. Last I checked, and it's for a reason. You know, I said it in the beginning. I want to just kind of. I want to finish with this, and whatever you you can finish with what you what you would like. The Clippers are a playoff team that added Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. We saw Kawhi Leonard today. Like they're going to be a tough out, man. Like. Let's not forget that. 
they they didn't have a, a roster toner, turnover like the Lakers. They didn't bring in a new head coach and a new system like the Lakers did. The Clippers are going to be solid from beginning to the end unless they suffer some catastrophic injuries. I will say that to be fair to the Lakers. Um, that is why early on in me and mine and yours first podcast days, I said the Lakers, it wouldn't surprise me if they finish at the bottom of the playoffs as far as uh, seeding goes, because they do, they're going to have to figure this out. And that's what I was trying to say is like, they're going to have to figure this out. It takes time to figure this out as great as your players are. It takes time to get it together as a whole. Well, would it surprise me if the Lakers like make the playoffs and that they are a seven seed, a six seed. It, it really wouldn't surprise me. And that's, they, it's a lot of turnover. I'll say it again, because I just, the, the West is so good that, the Lakers have a lot of catching up to do, as talented as they are. I do think they'll make the playoffs. I actually think believe that they'll be a top four seed, but it would not surprise me if they, you know, are a six seven seed. I think maybe we were a bit spoiled in that preseason. I think LeBron and Anthony Davis kind of clicked just right away, and I thought I, I think we just thought it was going to be a linear kind of transition to the regular season where they just get better and better like every game. Instead of kind of realizing that, again, like you said, there's a huge roster turnover. A lot of guys didn't play with each other during preseason. There was kind of different lineups every night. Some guys played, some guys didn't. And then most of the time, some guys didn't even play with LeBron and Anthony Davis. So, yeah, you're right. I think that it's going to just take some time to gel and to learn each other's kind of habits and stuff out there on the on the court. And the Clippers didn't really have have that issue. Like, inst- uh, Of course, if you add a guy like Kawhi, your offense is going to change a bit. But it seemed like the, I watched like quite a bit of Clippers basketball last year, and it didn't really feel all that different than what they ran last year. You just kind of dropped in a Kawhi into that ecosystem, and of course he just makes it better and just opens up way more driving lanes and creates way more corner threes and stuff like that. But they look basically like the same team plus Kawhi Leonard, where the Lakers just look like a totally different team than last year. And that's for good reason. Like you said, there's a huge roster turnover, turnover, new coaching staff, and it's going to take some time. And I think that uh, I don't think Laker fans should feel way too down about this loss. I know we were pretty negative this episode, but I think it was mostly because it was uh, about concerns we already both had Mm -hmm. about this team. And I Mm -hmm. think they just kind of confirmed those concerns tonight. But again, maybe that gets smoothed over once Kuzma's back. Like I don't think we can judge this team until we see how Kuzma is kind of incorporated. I will say this about the preseason. I told you guys I don't watch preseason. I kind of check in here and there because I have to do this podcast. In the NFL, the Detroit Lions are 12-4 and in their last 16 preseason games. They haven't made the playoffs in any of those years. So let's not get carried away with preseason ever. Like I know it's you want to see them do well, and they, do, they did win, and they did play well, but it's the preseason. Let's not forget that. So... Let's just like look forward now, you know, like now we have a game, a real game on our hands. We're going to have another game on Friday, Sunday and Tuesday. Then we can really start judging this team after these next four games, in my opinion. And then we'll go from there. Did we overreact today? Maybe, but um, it's only one game. And yeah, we were negative, but it was a negative game. I, yeah, I just I hope next week by the time we record the whole episode is just complete opposite. Where we're just gushing over this team, how good they looked, where they blew out the Grizzlies by like 20 or 30. Yeah, for sure. So, Alex, any final thoughts? Oh, by the way, you're Alex Regla. I'm Alex Regla. This is the second <laughs> time I do this. I always forget to introduce this. Either way, I think I said in the beginning, I'm Alex Padilla at AlexPadilla86. 
You're Alex Regla at Alex M Regla on Twitter. Uh, you've been writing a, a lot of stuff, dude. Promote your stuff. Where where can we read you? Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. I'm I'm exhausted. Um, yeah. So uh, most of the stuff every Monday, Silver Screener Roll. Um, I think every Monday and every Thursday going forward, you can two days uh, now. I think so. Yeah. Hell yeah. And then uh, Tuesday with you recording. So Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday with Silver Screener Roll. And I'm going to try to be doing a piece every week for the B-Ball Index where I'm actually going to be kind of uh, focusing on the entire NBA now, not just the Lakers. So that should be fun to kind of check out other teams. And I think it helps to compare the Lakers when you when you have a chance to watch other teams play and watch how they run actions and how they use their players. Because without knowing how other teams are kind of playing, it's kind of hard to judge how the Lakers are, like what they're weak at, what they're good at. So I think that's going to be a good uh, experience this year. I'm going to be tired, but I think it'll be a yeah, good experience. It's going to be awesome, man. Just catch Alex at Alex M. Regla on Twitter. Follow him there. Um, real quick, to wrap up, did you, uh, miss the, uh, did you miss the Baby Lakers at all after watching them today? It was, it was bittersweet. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I tried to um, explain this to my friend who asked me. He was like, like what, are you going to root for the Lakers or for the Baby Lakers now, or do you hate them? Or I'm like, no, like, they did their job. They got us Anthony Davis. <laughs> like they, they, that, how can I ever hate those guys? But I watched the game today, and like Josh Hart had a really dumb turnover at the end of the game and then committed a foul with the Raptors tied. It was just – I was like, I don't miss that. I don't miss the growing pains of young of a, a young core of players. I'd rather watch veteran players like we did today struggle, and they'll figure it out. I don't know. It was just – I didn't miss that part. But um, somebody asked me, and I was just curious if you did. No, no, it, it, I, I agree. Like, I, you don't have to kind of defend these guys on a daily basis anymore. Like, if Lonzo airballs something, we don't have to, like, throw out 25, 50 stats saying, hey, no, you know, he's he's really good. He's just an airball. Like, don't worry about it. Like, it, like they're, they, they all looked really good. And I'm just happy, like, Ingram's healthy and that he's playing from day one. And that was the biggest thing for me. I thought they all looked, they looked like they were healthy and they looked like they're having fun. And I thought, I think New Orleans is going to be great for them. Yeah, and then it's they're gonna have a chance to shine now that Zion's out for two months. So, yeah, that sucks. Luck, but yeah, that yeah. Sucks. sucks for the NBA. But good luck to them. All right, man. So you say three and one by the time the Lakers come back next week. By the time me and you at least are back on here on this podcast, I say two and two. Hopefully they are three and one. Um, today though, the Lakers lose to the Clippers, one twelve one o two. Anthony Davis on his debut finished with twenty five points, ten rebounds, five assists, two blocks. But a tough night shooting-wise for him. All right, Alex. Um, we will talk to you uh, next week, man. Game one in the books, man. And then next week, maybe we'll be happier, and then we can talk wrestling again. Oh. There was, okay, a, lot of, not, there was a lot of promos. There was a promo, and I, I, I loved it. But, yeah, next week for sure. All right, man. We'll talk to you then.